a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn, you still have. Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I've got volume two of the species in Star Wars that you need to know. I got five new species for y'all. So without further ado, let's just dive straight into ARC Trooper training. Gentlemen, who wants to be an ARC Trooper? I do, sir. Alrighty, so the first of our new uh, species today are going to be huts. Uh, huts are large slug-like creatures. Their adopted homeworld is now Hutta. Uh, as we see in the Clone Wars, it's kind of a swampy world. They are capable of speaking and understanding basic, but primarily speak Huttese. Um, we see huts like Zero the Hut that speak um, English, but Jabba, Gardula, all of them tend to speak Huttese, and then they have translators or other droids or human or um, organics. Um, the Hut clans were a syndication of crime lords who ruled over much of the Outer Rim, um, which we see like the Council of Huts um, on Nalhutta that like put Zero on trial and stuff. Jabba was kind of the head honcho over all of it. Um, huts were resistant to Jedi mind tricks, which is pretty cool, and the just uh, a little like legends explanation for how mind tricks work is essentially like midichlorians within a being putting a protective barrier around their host and preventing uh outside influence by way of the force which is pretty interesting in my opinion and plagueis is a non-canon book that dives really deep into the science of midichlorians which is really really interesting um but anyways that's just a little side note uh, some notable members of these species of huts include three that I've already mentioned. They would be Jabba, Gardula, and Zero. And they're pretty distinctive creatures. They look like giant slugs with arms. Um, but huts are pretty cool. They're interesting. I find them a little... Um, I don't know what the best way to describe it is. Annoying sometimes. But I think that they're cool. I think that they could be expounded upon a little bit more. I think that there was there was talks about there being a show about Jabba and the underworld at one point, which I think could be interesting. But who knows? We're getting Book of Boba Fett, so we might get a little more backstory on Jabba in that. Um, but that's all that I have to say about huts. Um, next on the list, I have Tusken Raiders. And this is actually interesting because I have read... I've re- I literally just today finished a book called Kenobi, which is about Obi-Wan's literally first few weeks on Tatooine, first few months. And it's super, super interesting. And a lot of it is from the perspective of a Tusken Raider leader. And it gives a lot of really interesting insight. I'm going to give a full review of all the books that I've read recently. Uh, I feel like I've been doing that a lot, though, so I didn't want to put that in this episode. I'll do that later. But um, Sand People were native to Tatooine. They were very primitive and barbaric. They had a very naturalistic way of looking at the world. They thought that the suns in the sky represented kind of these deities. Um, They believed that the moisture farmers on Tatooine were messing with the natural order and that they should not steal water from the sky. 
Um, they called um, force wielders air shapers, which I think is a pretty cool way to think about it. Uh, and they were able to communicate with people who didn't speak Tuscan through sign language. We see Din Djarin and the Mandalorian uh, doing this to communicate with them, which is pretty interesting. Uh, they were typically at odds with those who had settled on Tatooine. They raided their villages, um, and that's a pretty central conflict within the Kenobi book, but we also see that as a pretty uh, significant point of contention in the first episode of Season 2 of The Mandalorian. Um and yeah, they their their language is kind of very aggressive and loud, and it sounds like almost like roars or barks. But they also wear, they believe that revealing flesh is kind of uh, shameful, and so that's why they wrap themselves in bandages. And they actually never take those bandages off, um, or these kind of like, uh, they're basically bandages. But they just keep layering them on. And they like they just continue to build scar or uh, what do they call sores? It's kind of like just like punishment for living essentially, because they find that natural. I don't know. They're pretty they're pretty wild, and I'll, I can give a more thorough breakdown of them later. But this is just kind of a point by point stuff you should know about them. We see them in episode four. They're some of the first things that we see. They attack Luke Skywalker. Um, we see them again in episode one at the pod race. We see them kidnapping Anakin's mother. That's a pretty significant plot point in Attack of the Clones, where Anakin, that's kind of his first step into like the deep end of the dark side when he slaughters the Tuscan village. And I would say that that's one of the most notable things is Anakin's massacre. We also see them pretty uh, prominently in the first episode of Mandalorian season two. Um, which is uh, the one that's centered around uh, the Crate Dragon. Another interesting thing is that they're actually kind of like the Mandalorians in that you can get inducted into them. It's not necessarily like a specific species. It's more of a way of life. Um, okay, next up we have Jawas. I'm kind of on a Tatooine trend, I'm realizing, but oh well. Uh, Jawas are diminutive hooded creatures with little glowing eyes uh they are seen on tatooine and arvala 7 which is the planet that mandalorian goes to uh in seeking the child in the first few episodes of season one of the mandalorian whenever we see the jawas completely dismantle his ship uh they are scrappers and sellers of various technologies droids and materials they speak jawa ease um and their most notable appearance would be selling 3PO and R2 to the Lars Homestead in A New Hope, and then, like I said, scrapping the Razor Crest in the second season, or second episode of Mando Season 1. Um, there's not much else to be said about them. They're pretty greedy, pretty uh, conniving, and generally mistrusted by people on planets that they are uh, present on. I'm not entirely sure what their official homeworld is, um, but those are two that are definitely, they, they are definitely, uh, they definitely inhabit Tatooine and Arvala 7. Just a little note, I'm sorry if my voice sounds a little weak or if I'm kind of like straining a little bit, it's because I have, I still have a pretty bad cough and I'm trying to kind of stifle it or, and like muscle through it, but then it kind of sounds like I'm talking like this, but so it's like, it's, 
It's a bit of a yike, but um, we're just rolling with the punches. Next up, deviating from our Tatooine trend, we have Trandoshans, which were a reptilian species resembling kind of like lizards almost or crocodiles. They uh, hail from Trandosha, which is in the same star system as Kashyyyk, which put them at odds with the Wookiees a lot. They were kind of like rivals almost, where Trandoshans would hunt Wookiees a lot, and Wookiees tended to uh, tear Trandoshans limb from limb, which they can grow their limbs back. Um, they're capable of speaking basic, and like I said, they're typically hunters with aggressive natures. They're able to regrow their limbs, kind of like lizards. Um, Historically, at odds with the Wookiees, members include Bosk, Sid, and the members of the hunting covert scene at the end of the Clone Wars Season 3 that are, uh, they kidnap Ahsoka and a few other Jedi younglings and they put them on this island to hunt them for sport. Um, it's pretty sadistic, but like I said, these are hunters and trackers by nature. Uh, that's why they lend themselves to bounty hunting so much. But there's also a trained ocean Jedi in the High Republic series called Skier. He's actually, he's pretty cool. He's kind of stoic and uh, man a few words, but I think that's kind of cool. Last up, we have Geonosians. Uh, Geonosians are hive-based insectoid species native to Geonosis, known for their production of battle automaton, like battle droids. Uh, there were many of the uh, most prominent battle droid factories were stationed on Geonosis early on in the Clone Wars, and they were actually commissioned to help design and construct early pieces of the Death Star, um, as we see in Attack the Clones. They also had biological weapons that could control organics, whether dead or alive, as we see in the Brain Invaders arc of the Geonosian arc. It's like an arc within an arc um, in Season 2 of the Clone Wars, which... Fun fact, for those of you who don't know, those episodes freaked me out as a kid. Like, no joke. It was it was a scary time. And that's that's your little spooky season um, tidbit. It's November 1st whenever this episode's releasing, so it's not officially spooky season anymore. But there's that. Um, some prominent members include Poggle the Lesser, Queen Karina, and Click Clack. Queen Karina is the Gene Ocean Queen that was creating the um, the worms that could control people's brains by entering their noses or their ears. Uh, Poggle the Lesser was the kind of the figurehead that was leading the Gene Oceans in the Separatist movement. And Click Clack was the sole surviving Gene Ocean that we meet in Rebels, um, which is, um, it's actually a super sad story. The um, Imperials had completely um, wiped out the Genosians after right, some unknown event that they had essentially committed genocide against the Genosians. And Clicklack had the last egg, or maybe it was multiple eggs. But that was the only way that they were going to continue the species, which was super heartbreaking. But it was, it was cool to see that kind of flip for the Geonosians and see them in a more sentimental light because they were always the aggressors and the enemy in all other media, whether it be Attack of the Clones or the Clone Wars. So that was a cool thing to see. Alrighty, that's about all that I have for these new species. Um, bit of a shorter episode, but uh, this wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave y'all with a little bit more. More! 
Alrighty, so today's more is from Legends, um, and it actually is about a Hut Jedi, which, as far as I know, there's only one in all the entire Star Wars mythos, whether it be canon or Legends. And this Hut Jedi was named Beldorian, um, and he was a member of the Jedi Order 400 years before the Battle of Yavin. Um, he was a Jedi Knight, uh, and he served in the Jedi Order, and he fell to the dark side after being sent to a planet called Nam Chirios, and he declared himself as ruler of that planet and was killed in a lightsaber duel by Leia Organa Solo in 13, year, uh, 13 years after the Battle of Yavin. Um, so once again, this is all legend, so this didn't actually happen in the main storyline, but I think the concept of a hut Jedi is pretty interesting. This picture that I'm looking at um, shows him having a purple lightsaber, which is kind of interesting. I don't know. Um, but I don't picture huts being super agile or good at fighting in any capacity, so I don't know. But it's a cool little tidbit. Um, okay, uh, visuals for all of these species that I mentioned earlier in the episodes are going to be available both on my website, um, twinsuntalks.wixsite, uh, slash twin-sun. Wait, no. Dang it. I had this memorized at one point, and now I'm just, I'm such a slacker. One second. twinsuntalks.wixsite.com slash twin-sun. There we go. And it's also going to be available on our Instagram page at twinsuntalks. Uh, you should go ahead and follow us if you haven't already. Um, Make sure that you subscribe to us on YouTube, Twin Sun Talks Podcast. Follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, and then stay tuned either this Friday or the next Friday. I'm going to be releasing my second edition of The Ability to Speak Does Not Make You Intelligent. It's probably going to be this Friday, November 5th. I have Sean and Jeb on. We play some games. They do the rank of master. It's We just have a lot of fun. Um, if you haven't listened to the first one, or if you don't know what the... The ability to speak does not make you intelligent is it's essentially like more of a freeform conversation style episode which i did a few of them earlier in the earlier in the history of this podcast and i decided to kind of separate those into their own thing um so that i can kind of keep these episodes a little more informational rather than opinionated and conversational um so that you can kind of pick and choose what you want from this podcast if you want the hour-long conversations where we don't really have any, we have like a vague idea of what we're talking about, but not exactly, then go for it. And if you want to just stick to learning and hearing reviews and stuff, then you can stay with uh, just these Monday episodes. But anyways, that's my little plug. Um, next Monday is going to be, assuming that the ability to speak is this week, which I'm almost positive that it will be but i don't know if school will get in the way or not if it is then next monday will be my 50th episode so i need to figure out something special to do for that so stay tuned um but until then you've taken your first steps into a large world may the force be with you and i will see y'all in the next episode bye friends